Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Todd. Good morning, afternoon. Morning, afternoon. Yeah, we are recording. It is another Monday afternoon episode, but um, we haven't done it in the last couple of weeks, so we had to make sure we got it in today. So, so maybe we should just call it the Monday, the Monday Recap. The, the Monday <laughs> Recap. But sometimes it's Tuesday, though, so just the, re- the Recap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I know it, it's uh, last couple of weeks. It's been tight, and I know today's tight for Pastor Jamal, so he's uh, sitting out today. But uh, <clears throat> you know, it's been a great month of missions. And actually, I was looking because the last time we did it was right before Wings and a Prayer. Uh, so if you were listening, you, Pastor Todd, can you tell us how? What was the aftermath? How did you make out <laughs> next day? <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> well, well, first of all, before I went to bed after eating uh, oh so if you weren't aware pastor jamal myself and the missionary made all 10 wings oh yes so, w- which was amazing by the way yeah and i was not i was not expecting myself to make it all the way to the end yeah i was really i was thinking when i went home and i took all the sign-up sheets and i was looking through it and figuring out money i was like if i make it to five wings <laughs> yeah. that's like a thousand dollars which is huge for for us for bgmc so if we make it to five wings, I'm going to be happy. And then any point after that, if I drop out, yeah. no guilt. No guilt whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But then as I'm going along, I'm like, I think I can do more. I think I can do more. So at the end, I was you know, throwing my arms up like, I did it! <laughs> you know? So I, I was all excited about that. I was really, I was really. And Pastor Jamal, he had a little bit of a harder time, but he also ate. Like the rule was, all you had to do was get one good bite of the wing. Right, yes. Pastor Jamal went all the way. He ate eating the, whole the entire wing the yeah. whole entire time, and then the missionary, the missionary um, who's with us, just did the one bite too, along with me. But, but when I went to bed, I made sure I ate as many times as you could take in a twenty-four hour period, because <laughs> I was afraid of you know acid reflux and all that. Next morning, my stomach was a little upset. And I'm not gonna lie, burned a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, by by lunchtime, I was doing pretty good. I was doing pretty good. So um, okay, I was just, I was pleasantly surprised with how well I did. So was it more? It was more like your sinuses, like your nostrils and stuff like that. Like, I that really I was, got affected. I was waiting for that moment when I bit it and I was gonna be like pouring sweat and my nose was gonna be running because yeah. it was hot and it was gonna be. Um, I didn't necessarily. F- I, I, my lips, my lips burned, like for the rest of the night. Okay, okay. Um, and my tongue, at some point while we we're eating them, just got to the point where it burned and nothing had taste anymore. It was just, it was just like numb. It was just, yeah, it was just burning, or you know, that was it. Um, uh, like after the third or fourth wing, it just everything was just burning. I think if I went from nothing and ate the last one, oh. I'm not sure I could have done it. Oh yeah. But I, th- I think the fact that we built up to it and it was like just a little bit more burning, just a little bit more burning, uh, I think that's the only reason why I made it to the end. But if I had started out with like, hey, here's some spicy wings, eat this, it's like two million, I would not, I would have been like, uh, you know, I would have been suffering. So Joe Palisano told me, by the way, that uh, pepper spray is at um, five million. Uh, what is it called again? It was a... Uh, Mace? Yeah, the, the uh, Cap- Cap- I mean the measurement that oh million. the Scoville Scoville on Scoville scale yeah Scoville yeah. uh, pepper spray is five million so you wow. guys ate two million <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, how up there it is 
It's like using pepper spray for like Banaka. <laughs> you know what Banaka is? Oh, I'm sorry. Here, here's here's the thing. When I was a teenager, there was little mint spray that was called Banaka, okay. and it was almost like a spray of like um, like pure alcohol. Um, you know, yeah, to, yeah. you know, to freshen your breath, but it would burn. Yeah. So. It's, <laughs> That's how I used to feel about like Listerine strips. Do you, if you oh yeah, yeah. Those. Basically, yeah. They you were put like in the, the back of your your mouth, the back of your tongue. You're like, oh, like. Yeah, they were basically the 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 evolution of Banaka spray. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun that night, and I was glad to be part of it too. And uh, I tried a couple sauces afterwards. I got to number six, but then I I stopped there. But um, it was a lot of fun, and so. You know, Shout out to Dan Richmond though. He was there and he was seriously eating it, dipping. He had the celery dipping in and eating it away like it was ketchup. The oh, hottest yeah? ones. He was just like, ah, there's nothing. I eat it all the time. Oh so, wow. Okay. All right. Go Dan. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really great night and we raised a lot of money for missions between both. So originally I thought it was right around five thousand. It was like I think like forty dollars under five thousand dollars for yeah. speed the light and bgmc but you were saying is it uh more than that now actually yeah actually so for for speed the light they were going to come in a little over two thousand uh, dollars based upon the pledges and i was going to be right around with bgmc two thousand seven hundred somewhere of that we actually brought in a combined total of um five thousand two hundred and forty two dollars wow and BGMC went way over. Yeah. We're we're at of the money that we've actually collected. This isn't even just the 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 pledges and all of what we've actually collected. We're at three thousand three hundred and fifty nine dollars. Wow. So I I am I'm tickled pink with that. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um six hundred I don't know. Yeah, I might I'm have looking at that these wrong. totals because that looks like that should be higher. Like these yeah, these are just some on each page from what we've collected. Anyway, we're but, we're yeah. we're well over. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Oh, this is what we've collected. I'm sorry. So we've collected for BGMC three thousand two hundred, and for Speed to Light we've collected one thousand nine hundred. Okay, so okay. he has a couple more students he has to get it from. But all together, when it all comes in, we're gonna be like like. Almost like six thousand dollars. That's amazing. So, for for uh, Speed Delight usually raises you know a lot more than BGMC, uh, but for BGMC this is well over yeah. what we've done in a while. Yeah, you know we might have hit here and there when we've done kind of some kind of special things here and there, but but for one night's worth of eating, I'll eat some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 so happy with that. So good yeah. job. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, well, especially it's especially true for BGMC because both Speedlight BGMC raise money for missions, but they also duel as a discipleship tool yeah. to teach giving to students and to kids. And I think it's especially true for BGMC because they don't have jobs. The kids don't have jobs and stuff. So it has to function as a discipleship tool, which is, again, I feel like half of what it is about anyway. So... It serving that role, but also being able to raise that kind of money, you know, that night is really special. Yeah. In fact, that's one way that BGMC is different than Speed the Light is um, BGMC has actually a curriculum that, 
that we use the on Mission Sunday, the last Sunday of every month, we go through talking about a different country. And when we talk about the country, we talk about some of the things that make that country unique, some of their culture and all that. We talk about what missionaries are doing in that country, why missions is so important to that country. Um, we talk about what missionaries do, period. Yeah. You know, so that kids understand that. And then, you know, we take up an offering. Um, we, we, we have prayer requests for each of the countries that we pray for. We play a game from that country. So part of it is to teach kids to have a heart for for other countries, you know, to really value people from all over the world and not just the people they know in their own neighborhood or their own bus or school classroom. Um, and BGMC is really a, an, an awesome program that really just teaches kids to love. Um, that really teaches kids to just love others. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then to, to be generous and all that. And then actually uh, it's not in the notes of what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to throw it in here. Um, this past Sunday we did, Everybody did pledges, mission mm -hmm. pledges. And actually in BGNC, we, we talked and we set what our goal is for the year. Okay. And because the kids, again, don't have jobs, so it's harder for them to set a goal of, of, of well, I want to give 12 bucks every month or whatever that. We, our goal was set a little bit differently. Our goal is, hey, every month we're going to bring something. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna fill up our barrels, or or if you don't have a barrel, you're just gonna bring some kind of offering, so that everyone is participating every month, even if it's just a quarter. Yeah. Just to kind of get them in the habit, and and we do the kids do give, um, and they do bring here and there, and um, you know, I mentioned at the wings thing that one little girl Isabella, always brings her barrel full of money that she gets from Pop Pop. Or, you know what I mean? She always yeah, works that yeah. out and good for her. Um, but the idea is that not just we bring it in every now and then, but we make a concerted effort to remember, okay, it's BGMC. I, I need to give towards missions. Yeah. You know, so if that doesn't, it'll affect our money goal at the end of the year, but it's more about being in the habit of thinking about others and how we can contribute to them. Yeah. 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 And, and right. Everybody can do that. Yes. Yep. And even it does echo what Pastor Jeff challenged the church. He said we want to challenge every family to, yep. um, you know, make a pledge. It doesn't matter the dollar amount because it's the same reason. And it gets you to be generous and to think of others, like you said. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was the first time that I've been around for missions pledge because we didn't get to do it last year. Yeah. And um, I got to say, like the fact that we didn't put names on them, I was like, oh, this really is between you and God and like. Right, the you know the church, like let's say how whatever the pledge turns out to be, now we can pick up those many missionaries, right. but there is no sort of follow up, I guess, to say, oh hey, we're really short this month, how, we can't support our missionaries if you pledged you know a hundred dollars a month and you didn't give or something. But it truly is like, hey, it's between you and God, and our church is going to operate on that. And right, yeah, I, I, I you know that's pretty cool. Like you just right, it's not a guilt factor or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, it's more of. Um, it's more of like, like the goal between the missions pledge is not just to be able to brag about how much we give. Yeah. Right. It's about giving so that lives are changed, uh, you know, absolutely. and that's what that comes down to. You know, it's not, you don't put your name on it so you can be like, look how much I gave. Yeah. But more about, you know, we give so that lives can be ch touched and changed. Yeah. Which, you know, pastor Jeff talked about all month and I loved, uh, 
Pastor Don's message yesterday, I felt like, you know, he really highlighted that and it's about mm-hmm. lives being changed and stuff. <clears throat> Something that I want to say really quick, I won't go through all these numbers, but the first week of March, we had this uh, AG World Mission statistics. So I saved it. I don't know if anybody still has it, but uh, I like it's visual. It's like a map and it's got yeah. numbers. So I like all that stuff. But here's probably what's pretty cool for our context right now. Um, so assemblies, uh, AGWM personnel and giving during the great depression. So that's the 19, uh, tw- really 1930s, I guess. Okay. 1929 through 1939. So anyway, the number of missionaries increased by 25% during the great depression mm. and world missions giving in the assemblies of God increased by 47%. So you, you can like see the numbers there, like the green, like how it basically yeah almost doubled. Yeah. So it's pretty cool, and I guess I'm bringing that up because like it's pretty cool that our church had a record year for giving. T- technically, our world missions, I guess, was lower than it's been in the past, but our total missions giving was um, higher than it's ever been, and that's like so cool because, well, it's not you or me. You know, or like, right. you know, what I mean, it's our entire church, right? And together. seeing that, yeah, during the Great Depression, how giving went up and missionaries went up. You know, we're in a pandemic. You know, last year, especially when it first all went down, it was so scary. But our church stepped up, and so you know, even if you're listening and you gave, like, thank you so much because uh, you're investing in lives, and that's just amazing. It's amazing that our church can in a sense, brag about giving away. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not about us, but but that's what I mean. It, we're not bragging about how much money we raised and then right. we, you know, did we did something to serve ourselves. We gave it away. And right. That, and that's because people are generous and that's amazing. Yeah. So. Yep. So a uh, couple questions as we discuss, you know, some of Pastor Jeff's points over, you know, it being March Missions Madness the whole month. And then uh, Pastor Don James' message as well. I had a couple things just to kind of throw at you. You know, so one of the things, Pastor Jeff, he talked about, it was called turning the world upside down and how the disciples had earned that. It was an accusation, but he said really it was like a compliment, you know. Then, you know, oh, if, uh, you know, hopefully that would be said of our church and that we're doing that, that's why we give and those things. And I, and I love, I love his passion that he's had. So one of the things that he said, you know, in, uh, when he was giving, there's seven traits he said that kind of led to that. It's Paul summarizing his ministry in first Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, he's summarizing different things in his ministry. And so what the second trait was that they had a trustworthy message and he read that. And, um, he said that Jesus is still the answer for the world's problems and I guess I was just thinking, like, I put I put the question, do we truly believe this? I think anybody listens is just going to say, well, yeah, sure. Well, I guess I guess they would say yes. Maybe not. I mean, I think, well, yeah, sure, we believe that. But I guess I'm I'm pushing back. Like, do we truly believe that? You know? Yeah, it's like the difference between. Um, there's lots of things that I believe in theory. But then I, I guess the question is, but do we live according to those things? Yeah. You know, like, I I believe it's really good to get exercise. <laughs> <laughs> do I live according to that? 
uh, uh, not as often as I should. You know what I mean? But yeah. so, so yeah, we would say, you know, especially, especially for those of us who have grown up in the church, of course, of course, I believe that Jesus is the answer. Of course we would say that. But then the question is, does that answer flow out in our daily things? You know, and I, and I think even for myself, like, like how I respond to situations, how I respond to people is where it really shows, like, do I believe that as a principle or do I believe that as a rubber meets the road thing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, something that Pastor Don James actually said last week, the Speed Light Breakfast was here with pastors and youth pastors, mm-hmm. and I was there running sound. But um, he had said the hope of the world is in the local church. And I shared that yesterday morning with the volunteers because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, (laughs) I was like, I think he just said, like, my life, like, mission, like, my life purpose, like, what what I have devoted my life to. I just he put to words. I'm like, what I believe. I just believe the hope of the world is in the local church. Yeah, Jesus is the answer for all the world's problems. Not not me or the church. Right. Jesus is the answer, and those answers will come through the church. And so we talk about equality. We talk about unity yeah. and healing yeah. and these things. I'm like, man, I really believe it's through the church that it has to be happening. And I thought that was really powerful. So I just want to share that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like in, in our modern world where there's so many places we can go to for help and for answers it's easy that we turn to those things first thinking okay well those are the areas of authority like medicine's the area of authority when i'm not feeling well and i'm not saying medicine's wrong or or like psychology when yeah, I'm, cause I'm not coming my against health. those things yeah, yeah i'm absolutely not coming in fact i think the reason why they work is because because god has enabled our minds to be able to understand those things and, yeah. and i think you know, those things are good, but sometimes we like, we're so used to having all these, I'll call them tools that we can go to and use Yeah, that we think, Oh, if somebody's having a hard time, well, the answer is get a good counselor. Yeah. And which is not bad, but it's almost like Jesus becomes an afterthought to those things, mm-hmm. you, you know, as opposed to being, well, the reason why those things work like counseling is because they've stumbled upon what Jesus has said all along. You, you, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? You know, like it's like I can go to counseling cause it needs to fix my marriage or it needs mm-hmm. to fix me or my depression or something. And really no, Jesus is the one that can heal me. And he has given me the tool of counseling. He yeah. can use that. Um, it kind of sounds like I'm changing words, but it's not, it, it's, it is the tool that Jesus has given me. Yeah. It's not the end. Why? Why? Uh, I don't want to run off in counseling, but but like, why does why do these principles work that you learn in counseling? Because those are the things that Scripture says is the way we're created. Yeah, so you know what I'm yes. saying. And yeah, after yeah. studying people, you see, oh, these things work. Well, why do they work? Because this is the way God created us, and we can find it in Scripture. So mm-hmm. I guess my whole point is it comes back to like those things aren't bad, and those things are there, and sometimes we run to them right away, but ultimately they're just a shadow they're just a a vague reflection Mm -hmm. of of 
Jesus being the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah, y- yeah. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And again, so with what Don James had said, yeah, that the hope of the world's in the local church. And it's why we give towards missions. And it's why what Pastor Jeff said uh, later and his next message um, on the sixth one, the sixth trace at a clean life. Wait, was it that one? Hold on a second. Just lost my thought. He said, um, yeah, yeah, the way we treat others. I'm sorry, it was number five, a sacrificial heart. The way we treat others will help or hinder the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was good, too. Um, In fact, I would also say the way we treat others is a reflection of of what's going on in our relationship with God, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that too. Yeah. Like, if we... If we really duly fully embrace how God has loved us no matter what and how he's changed us, then it's easier to pour out that love on others. You know what I mean? So again, it comes back to Jesus being the answer, you know what I mean? Not just, not just kindness, but Jesus, you know? Yes. Yeah. Which we're going to, uh, you, me and pastor Jamal were just meeting earlier about good Friday. And I think that's one of the things we were kind of highlighting a little bit with, you know, the criminals on the cross and the one criminal, uh, you know, mocking Jesus and stuff. And and we can feel like, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to remember it is Jesus. I don't know. I, I know what you're saying better. We may here. not be, we may not be murderers, but the reality is we needed Jesus just as much as he did. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so Jesus, that's again, you know, missions, that's why we give. And I love what Pastor Don said too, that missions is at the core of Jesus's heart. Um, uh, one quote that Pastor Jeff said by D.L. Moody, he said, a holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns, they just shine. <laughs> that's a really good quote. Yeah, it is good. Uh, and actually on that, so actually, yeah, I, I will say this really quick. Um, he said a gentle spirit, it was one of those traits what what when they said you're turning the world upside down one of the traits was a gentle spirit that paul talked about first thessalonians chapter two and something that i said in the wednesday night bible study is like you know gentleness may be a trait that we could as christians redeem right now Mm. like is it possible to disagree with somebody somebody has a different worldview somebody dare i say voted different Am I able to actually fundamentally disagree with them, but be gentle? <laughs> yeah. The Bible says we should, right? Yeah. You, you know what? I think, I, I, I don't know. I'm, so I'm going to say a couple things. I don't know if it's right, but like uh, maybe broad strokes, I mean, but like generally speaking, gentleness seems to be an issue that's harder for men okay. as opposed to. Uh, there are some women, but I'm just talking about like generally yeah. speaking. And I think it's because maybe sometimes we think g- gentle equals like weakness mm-hmm. or maybe gentle means, you know, we're lacking backbone or, or whatever, you know, or, or not being a man, you know, yeah. type things, you know, I don't, I don't know how else to word it, but just like, sometimes we just don't view it as, as a sign of strength. Yes. You know? Yeah. But, but actually to control ourselves enough to speak to somebody kindly and not, and not just fight and argue with them because we have to be like, you have to come to my side. You have to agree. There's actually a lot of strength within that. You you know what I mean? And I think when I look at the life of Jesus, um, 
one of the things I appreciate about him is he wasn't always gentle. Like flipping tables was not gentle. Right. But that was a choice. And it there was were, a specific right. a special event, you right. could say. But there were many times that he did choose to be gentle with his disciples, but but that didn't mean he was weak with his disciples. I mean, there were times where he actually he was like, Come on, guys, don't you get it? Yeah. But he was never like, You stupid person. Why can't you figure this out? You're so dumb. Yeah. Like he was like, guys, you just saw me feed 5,000 people (laughs) with like a fish. Yeah. Like, why can't you believe this? Yeah. You know, now that I've said this to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so he chose to be gentle and there was times that he chose to be more, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but forceful, but by no means would I ever consider Jesus. Yeah. But by no means would I ever consider Jesus weak. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's something that um, uh, yeah, same thing for the Good Friday thing we were talking about. And Jesus, right? He says, uh, "I lay my life down. I have authority to lay my life down and to take it back up again." And that's so important that Jesus is not this tragic figure. He didn't. Oh, it's so sad, you know. He because he just had to die, and you know, he or yeah, he was soft. He was gentle. He kind of let it happen. Um, right, like he was wishy or uh, wishy washy, uh, wishy washy, yeah. or um passive yeah passive i mean it says it says in isaiah right like a sheep led to the slaughter he 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 his mouth was closed he didn't defend himself and so Mm -hmm. you could you could almost feel oh yeah he just yeah he was passive but no he says i have the authority to Mm -hmm. i choose to lay my life down yeah uh and because he he has the power he's in control one thing i read a while ago i was looking something up and when it came to that word meek He's a blessed of the meek mm. or the poor in spirit. Uh, meekness, one definition somebody said was power under control. And I thought that was, wow, what a definition. Because same thing, you think of that as weak or at, at the very least not strong. Right. But like you said, to control yourself, to have gentleness or in this case meekness, it's power under control. Actually, you're stronger for controlling yourself because your anger or whatever didn't overrule yeah you know yeah didn't rule you and um yeah and what a what a you know what a view of um like going into going into easter and all that and talking about missions the fact that jesus willingly stepped out of heaven yeah willingly gave up all so that some would come to know Christ and or would come to know redemption and forgiveness. And he didn't have to force people to agree with him. Yeah. There were times where he spoke to was it the rich young ruler who came to him. Well, what do I got to do to be saved? And he's like, well, do these things. Well, I do those things. Okay, now go sell everything. Yeah. When he walked away. Jesus didn't be like, he wasn't overly like pushy on him. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess my whole, my point being with that is like, sometimes gentleness wins over people in a way that forcefulness never will. Yeah. Yeah. And I know forcefulness is kind of like, sometimes we're like, they just don't get it. They don't get it. But God gives us grace to be gentle when we need it and, and to play the, what is it? The long game? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? 
And that's exactly, I feel like, why Pastor Jeff even brought it up. He talked about these men are turning the world upside down. Well, what led to that? And then he's going through how Paul summarized his own ministry. And one of those things is, oh, actually, it was a gentle spirit. We had a gen- uh, I have the verse. I might as well. We spent a minute on it. Let me read it. Uh, it was verse 7. What did he say here? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. So that's it. He's like, that's my strategy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the way we treat other people matters and it will help or hinder the gospel, like we said. And again, I loved Pastor Don James's message yesterday as well. Uh, you know, he started with that story. But just kind of like sometimes, you know, we, we miss the obvious. And in this case, the obvious is that God's always concerned about the lost. And something cool he said was, you know, this isn't when we think of missions. A lot of times you may think of the New Testament, go and make all disciples a great commission or Acts 1-8. You know, I've empowered you to be my witnesses. But he says, you know, it's an Old Testament and New Testament concept. This has always been God's heart. Right. And so Psalm 67, he called it the Great Commission of the Old Testament, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that he said that, too, because usually we think of the the Great Commission as being strictly a New Testament thing. And and uh, as he was reading through that and he drew and he kind of named it that uh, I thought to myself, like, that's really good because. Sometimes like you'll hear and I don't know if the right word is progressive Christianity. I don't know what the right word is, but. In some Christian circles, you'll hear people talking about how, well, the Old Testament, we don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah. But yet we see, I think this was a great way to show, well, even in the Old Testament, God is still the same God. Yes. You know, his heart was still for, though he gave a lot of attention to the Jewish people, the purpose of that was to reach the larger world. You know, so his heart has always been for the lost, Um, uh, you know, and I, I think that's a great thing that points to that you know yeah that's always been his heart and i think you had said earlier too like why did uh, i think don james said the old testament is primarily the story of of israel and how god is choosing to use israel but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he doesn't care about the nations he highlights the psalm and i think that you had said that like earlier that that's why he chose the jewish people that they would essentially serve as missionaries to the right. rest of the world right the very first missionaries <laughs> yeah know? Like they're if if they if they were following God's law, and were living according to the way God lived, and there were times that they did that, and other times they didn't. Like most people, <laughs> um, they would naturally become a living a living object lesson mm-hmm. of the blessings that come from living in a relationship with God. Yeah, you know all the other nations, pagan nations could look at them and say, hey, this is a country that's really blessed. And we see that happen with certain kings. Yes, yes. You know, with yeah. Daniel and with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. You know, here he is punishing them because of their faith. Yeah. And then he's, uh, wait, the same God that you guys serve, well, now everybody else has to bow down to them too because yeah. your God protected you. Yeah. You know, so those, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they're like, we're not going to bow down. Even if God doesn't rescue us, we're not going to bow down. God rescues them. And then the king is like, oh, uh, you're God. The God of Abednego, you know, is, yeah. is the real God. He's the real God, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, And I think that's what his heart was for the Israelites. Yeah. You know, we live in this way. People can see the way that you've 
that I've delivered you. People can see the way that I'm blessing you. And so that all these nations would know that I'm the one true God. So Yeah, and again, even bringing it to where we are now, like that's exactly how people look at Christians. People pick up on, well, like we were just talking about how you treat another person, how you treat somebody you disagree with, but just even in general. They notice how you talk, how you handle yourself, what your demeanor is. How you you handle like pain and sorrow and difficult situations. People see that. People see that. And people will say... People say, how do you, how are you always so calm? Or how they don't have the words, they don't use the words we use, but they're trying to find the words. How do you always have it together? You know, they, like, they, they're trying to put words to what they see. Steph's co-workers at school, like she doesn't run around being like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And she doesn't, she, she doesn't throw her faith in their face per se, if you know what I mean. But when something happens, they're always like, well, what's your opinion about these things? Or, yes. yeah. or uh, I know that I know you pray. Can you pray for my family? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, those are things people absolutely notice. Yeah. They absolutely notice the good and the bad, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, um, you know, so something else that he had said going through that Psalm 67 is what he did for his message. And in verse two, he said, you know, God is an all inclusive God. And I wanted to just spend a minute here. You know, he talked about that word. It's where we get the word for ethnic. When it talks about the nations, Jesus reminded us of this in the new Testament. When actually, when he flipped the tables, he says, uh, my house should be called a house of prayer. And then part of that verse is that it's, it's for all the nations. Yeah. Um, he said, even from Genesis quotes, Genesis all the way to revelation and that verse in revelation of all nations, praising God in the throne room. That's a fulfillment of this Psalm. So pretty cool to me. Like I'm, I'm following the Bible verses. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty neat. Yeah. 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 The, all the connections, uh, you know, but, uh, even so, so I just want to take a minute cause I just thought of this, like, you know, uh, he said, God is an all inclusive God. So first of all, now, even that term, a lot of times feels like. Uh, I'll just say, I guess more more of like a liberal term, or like yeah. li- not that inclusion, liberal is a bad inclusion, word. Inclusion, inclusion amongst Christians has gotten a bad in, in uh, yeah, in bad connotation. Connotation, that's the word yeah. I'm trying to think of. And actually, yeah, yeah. I I've talked to Pastor Jamal about this a couple times. That like I actually think it's flipped because it's like, oh, are you an inclusive church or not? And so the now you feel cornered to say, oh, actually, we're not inclusive. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, the church is the most inclusive place. Like, God is an all-inclusive God. So I'm like, I think we need to, if if we have conversations like that, we need to kind of shift it and not be allowed to be backed in the corner. Mm-hmm. But any, so that's a whole other thing. Sorry, that's so, but I'm saying, so even that, that word, but, but so I was like, yeah, absolutely. God is an all-inclusive God, right? And he had said this sentence, everyone deserves a chance to go to heaven, and I wanted to do what we were just saying earlier, like, oh, Jesus is the answer to all the world's problems. I think it's another thing we would say in theory, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. But, like, let's think of a couple, you know, everyone deserves a chance to go to heaven. So everyone, okay. Um, you know, may- maybe we could be, how about my neighbor? <laughs> Does, do they deserve a chance to go to heaven? What about the people who live in Lakewood? What about the people in Lakewood? You know, all the all the um, Hasidic Jews that sometimes were like 
not fond of. You yeah, know, sometimes to, you to feel, honest. oh, it's obnoxious or right. Yeah, the way they drive or, or trying you know. to take over on my neighborhood yep. or whatever. You know, do they deserve a chance to go to heaven? Do yeah. I look at them that way? Yeah, we're talking about race, you know, and so I think easy answer, but you know, white, black, Asian, Latino, do these people groups deserve a chance to go to uh, a yeah chance to go to heaven? Yeah, of course they do. Um. Yeah, and 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 you know we get into other other religions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we don't agree with Islam, but do we want to see Islamic people, Muslims, come to faith? Absolutely. You know, we want. Yeah, we want that. Can that happen if there are adversaries? Yeah. Right. Right. Everyone deserves to just go to heaven. Well, Muslims. They should get out of here, though. <laughs> that's not right. That's not no. They right, they're they're evil people yeah. because whatever. Okay, maybe they're maybe they're deceived people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and actually, even saying that, here's one that works for me. I always get annoyed when uh, just personal thing, like you're at the boardwalk or something, you see like psychic, and so just t- taking it home, I'd be like, you know what, that person deserves a chance to go to heaven. For me, I'm like, get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, you're right. nonsense. Like, I want to just ah, like, but wait a minute, hold on. Everyone deserves a chance to go to heaven. This person, like you said, maybe they're deceived. Maybe they need the truth of the gospel to impact yeah. them. Do I think of them that way? You know? Yeah. For me, sometimes it's like the overly macho people, you know, <laughs> okay. and I'm like, what a jerk, you yeah. know? And my first thought isn't, well, if they were secure in Christ, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but yeah, like those, those, those particular people who just grade on our nerves for whatever reason. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. you know, so I want to bring up too, like, because again, if I'm thinking about church culture in a large sense, right, dude, so everyone deserves a chance to go to heaven. Oh yeah. Jesus died for everyone. So how about gay people? How about somebody who's gay? Somebody who's trans, they identify, they don't, I'm not saying that, you know, I think that's opposite of what the Bible teaches about gender. But what if somebody disagrees? What if somebody's living a totally different sexual identity as a trans person? Do they deserve a chance to go to heaven? Yeah. And you know what? I think the reason why, like, that's a loaded one a lot of times is because it makes us uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But does but do people who make us uncomfortable deserve a chance to be transformed by Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually had a friend who, um, growing up was, was a good friend of mine and he felt called to the mission field and he had some, some traumas in his life. And later on as a married, married man, father, uh, decided that he didn't feel comfortable being a man anymore. Mm hmm. You know, I went through the process of, of, of the surgeries and whatever to do whatever. And um, when I look at him today and, and I think about him, I don't I don't think of him as disgusting, mm-hmm. which is how I hear sometimes people refer to those things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, whether it be sexuality or other things. Uh, when I think about him, I. I feel sadness. Yeah. And I feel sadness because I feel like the answers that you're searching for are found in Jesus, you know? And, and I think yeah. if we could feel that way about others, even when we don't necessarily understand them, 
But if we understand a thing that makes them the same as us is our need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And instead of, instead of them being our adversaries, yeah. being walking the road with us and maybe they've got off track, but Christ can bring them back on track. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like, like it does kind of change the way we converse about it, y- you know? Yeah, no, and I'm really glad you brought that up because when we treat it like a concept, which is kind of what I was just doing, like, oh, well, can this people group go? Because that's how we talk. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how we talk. Yeah, when, yeah. when we talk that way, that is why it's easier to say, well, we have a different attitude because, again, we probably wouldn't say they don't deserve a chance. We just have a different attitude. But that, I'm, that's why I'm glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right. You know, all people need Jesus. Mm-hmm. including us. The difference is that if you're a Christian, you have experienced the grace of God mm-hmm. and you you have a relationship with Jesus and that's life-changing. And that's the only difference between me and somebody who's not a Christian. And that, again, should be motivation for me to say this life-changing grace of God, this life-changing relationship I have with God now. Uh I need to spread that for others. And it does mean so sometimes I need to use tact. If I go to my job and I say, guys, my life has changed. Like, I know you're experiencing brokenness. Like, right. Jesus is the answer. Nobody will accept him. Right. Like, right. So, so it doesn't mean I instantly do that. But also at the same time, you know, I think some of us as Christians, too, can be talk about being uncomfortable. We may be uncomfortable sharing that, though. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does take the words, the explicit, you know what? Look, I'm just going to be open. What you're telling me, I have struggled with that as well, but Jesus helped me and I believe he wants to help you. And sometimes we, you do have to just say it and it's okay. And so, you know, knowing when to do that, but, but yeah, anyway, so it kind of reminds me of the, the, the Bible verse where it's supposed to be was a gentle as does, but, shrewd as serpents yeah serpents yeah you know? jesus says that and sometimes sometimes like that's one of those hard things like you, being shrewd is what like, god wants but but i think some of that comes into play with like when we're sharing faith sometimes it's being shrewd about when do we share and when we not share mm-hmm. you know like like here is a moment here's an opportunity where i can say something but i don't have to say something about how like if you would just get your life together yeah you know but yeah. it can be like hey you know what? Like you said, I struggle with something similar. Maybe it's not the same thing, but I can understand how you struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and here's here's what I do. Yeah. I, I I turn to prayer. I turn to Jesus. You know, and those yeah. things. And and um, that can be gentle, but it can also be very pointed at the same time. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. You know, as opposed to just taking out your Bible and like you should read your Bible and smack it down in front of them. You know, so yeah. Um. But it's hard. It's a hard balance because you have to be looking for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I and I think um I think you have to when I say not be afraid, I don't I don't mean you don't have to like not be afraid to offend people. It's not that I, I mean you have to not be afraid to to point put yourself out there in a way that maybe you're not used to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you may just not be used to that, but there's a confidence we have in Jesus, you know, and so, um, 
you know, I'll also bring this up because I, I think what you said earlier, unless you have additional thoughts, mm-hmm. I think what you said earlier was, was good. So I think it makes sense. But, you know, Pastor Don, he had said, it's not the great option. It's the great commission. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really good too. Cause again, practically that's how a lot of us will live out. It's the great option. <laughs> right. Well, so, we believe people need to hear about Jesus. So let's so get our Todd, pastor you, you to do, do it. it. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, Wings in a prayer. Pastor or Todd. I'll bring him. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe invite him to something at church, maybe a fun thing. Yeah. And then let, Pastor Todd to take care yeah. of or Pastor yeah. Matt or whatever, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or maybe I'll just pray that one day they'll out of the blue, ask me to come to my church. Or yeah. Something, yeah. 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 Know? Right. And that's yeah. so, so I, I like that he said that. And then he asked the question, he said, he goes, do I have permission to, you know, he, he, he made a big deal cause he said, you know, but he said, does it bother you that people are lost? And that was a really good question. You know, he said, yeah, have you ever cried over somebody not knowing? <laughs> what a question. That's a crazy question. So the answer, you know, he said that's God's heart, and sometimes we miss it, and, and you know, it's what happens. Yeah. And I, I'm never about the guilt train, you know. So, look, if you're listening or you heard him say that, that's if you, if you find yourself saying, wait a minute, oh, my gosh, no, or oh, my gosh, it's been a while, I always want to say, hey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. because because guess what now we can put our finger on it mm-hmm. so it's never about the guilt but you know um that's god's heart and man if i'm a christian you know do i have god's heart and and so what i did originally ask was like how do we rekindle that if like you kind of do find yourself on the like no side of that like does it bother you people are lost like Again, I'm sure conceptually speaking, oh yeah, definitely. But if you kind of say no, I'm I don't know if I have that burden. I don't know when Pastor Don says up at night like weeping over somebody like I don't know if I've or, ever done that. Like, right. Or what if or, you find yourself saying that? Like, or sometimes I, I'm well, I don't even think about that with like my friends. Yes. You know. Or or yeah, maybe that's a little better, right? Yeah. When when it comes to my own friends, I just don't think of them that way. Right. Um so I had just asked that question. What, what if, what, what do you do if you find yourself there? I don't know. I, I see, I know with, within myself when I hear somebody talk about something and they seem excited and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that. And I try to stir up myself. Yeah. Like, like I tried to make myself feel those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe I can get there. Um, for a day or two, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Right. So I don't know that the answer is trying to like muster it up within ourselves. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's noble to try to be like, well, I should be feeling this. So I'm going to try to feel that. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't want to paint it in a bad picture, but I'm just not sure that that you can make it up. R- right. I'm not sure that that really changes our, changes how we feel long term or changes the way we think long term i think maybe it 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 it, in the moment when we're hearing that and we hear people be excited about we can be excited by it you know or or feel guilted into feeling that way yeah but i'm I'm just not sure i i think i mean here i guess is where we talk a lot about how we jesus is the answer right yeah and and i guess it would come down to like 
I don't know, maybe like honestly crying out to God and being like, um, hey, God, I know I, sh- I should feel this way. Like, it seems like this is what everybody, this is what the preachers say I should feel about this way. I'm not sure I feel it. So, like, I, I, I'm i just putting myself before you that, you know. Yeah, do a work in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Do, what, do what you got to do. And, and if this is what you want me to be, I'm open to it but I can't make it happen in my own. Yeah. And us just talking right now, I just thought of, you know, prayer and priorities. So one is prayer. I, you know, I think if you honestly ask God for his heart, he'll give it to you. And so if you find yourself saying, Oh, does it bother me that there are people are lost or wow, you know, I actually just don't think of my coworkers that way. Just kind of do my job and go home. And now that pastor Don has said that, wow, I bet if you pray, and you ask the Holy Spirit, he will change your heart. I think if you ask God, give me your heart for people, help me to see lost people the way you do, it's going to, it will happen. But then I also think of priorities. Most likely the reason that we may not think of our friends that way or our coworkers, because just our priorities, you know, well, it's just, it's my job. I, you know, I I don't want to be a nuisance or Mm -hmm. I'm so busy. And so you realize that, myself i'm the biggest priority or my goals are my priority and so maybe if i just make a couple adjustments wait a minute yeah everything's about me what what can i do can i do one thing this week that that you know is going to help that where i consider another person or look it's easter this week can i invite one person to church or tell one person hey it's easter and uh this week and i just want to is there something i can pray for whatever that would look like for you, but you try to make one conscious decision about your priorities with other people. You know, I, I try to tell the kids cause I think sometimes when you think about like, well, sharing your faith with others, like that feels intimidating sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like, like, well, how do I even start with that? So sometimes when I talk to the kids, I'm like, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be like this big, like where you're standing up and preaching at people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, like that shifting our priorities can be like, maybe like maybe just saying like this, I'm going to tell them this week that I'm like some of, you know, struggling. Like I'm just going to tell them I'm praying for them. Yeah. And and maybe that just be that little step. Yeah. You know, like you can't uh, like, as opposed to going from zero to a hundred and one big leap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like start out with some of the small things or be like, Hey, my family and I are going to church this week. Um, you know, you're welcome to come with us. You know, like yeah. that's not intimidating, you know? Right. right. You know, or, or I don't know. I, I guess my thing is like, like it's, it's the small things as opposed to trying to go from zero to a hundred and muster it up. Like when you, when you're talking about rearranging priorities, I guess that's what I mean. Like maybe just make one friend a priority that you want to just do your best to be a light to them. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, instead of trying to reach your whole job, all your coworkers at once, just like try and start small and see how God maybe provides opportunities or gives you courage or maybe begins to change your feelings about that person. Yeah. Maybe the changing of priority is to be like, I I don't know what to say. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not really feeling a whole lot. Maybe I should just pray for this one person. Yeah. And I mean, even that, right. Like if I normally pray to God about, all my needs and the things I need from him. And that's great. Cause God tells us we can do that. Let me pray for one person at my job too. If I, if I've never prayed for somebody again, it's yep. a small change that 
now every week I'm praying for this one person, you know? Uh, and yeah, maybe even telling him, maybe not, maybe just doing that act of trying to take yourself off of the priority list. You know, I think that's all good because the truth is, you know, we're talking about missions and everything. Pastor Jeff said, we each have a mission field, you know, we're supporting all these different missionaries. You know, we had the Browns from Bolivia come, we had the Koreas, we had, uh, on Wednesday night, the Powells, they're going to Morocco. They were really great. You know, but guess what? They're not going to be in Freehold or Howell right. or, you know, Manalpin or Farmingdale or any of these places. We pray for Whiting on Sunday. They're, they're not going to be there. S- somebody listening is. And so that's our mission field. Um, so, you know, it, it's uh, I like what he uh, I like what he said here. Missions is at the core of Jesus's heart. And at the end, he said, it's the purpose of the church to own the mission of God. And to take the gospel to the whole world, just thought just a great. Um, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. So, and and I hope this doesn't sound anticlimactic because I don't mean it to be, but like giving to missions is really good and really important. But that's not the com- the complete calling of what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Like it can't take the place of. That's what I'm trying to say. It can't take the place of us also being a witness to those we're in direct contact with. Yeah, and I think I think hopefully giving to missions increases your heart for those around you as well. Like you said earlier with BGMC and Speed Light. And so, you know, I, I think that's what it can begin to do. And so so again, if you find yourself on the well, I don't know if I view my friends and family that way and you haven't given to missions, I'd say, hey, that's another thing you can do. If you are giving to missions, maybe that's even what you can pray. You know what, God? I give because I believe that you use this. Mm-hmm. I give because I believe people's lives will be changed through the money that I give, Lord. And so, God, can you give me a heart for the people around me as I give? Because I know you'll use it. Lord, would you yeah. use my own life as well? Yeah. And you can pray that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So, so yeah, this week, you know, it's uh, Holy Week as we, we'll kind of wrap up here. But, um, you know, I once heard it said, I think I said this past Jeff the other day. I heard somebody say in Protestant circles, where we're Protestant, uh, Christmas is kind of a little bit more what we emphasize, where mm-hmm. in Catholic circles, Easter's just a little bit bigger, I think. Not that, you know, one is really not important but but i was like oh okay i could kind of see that being true like christmas is just a big deal for us and but so is easter and so that's why i'm bringing it up you know holy week um you know is there do you do anything like with easter coming up do you normally like i don't know read through the story or uh or anything like that or i don't know you look for i just wanted to ask you about yeah. holy week um i i i do tend to read through even if I don't necessarily like make a point of, okay, I'm just going to read the scriptures this week of just the Holy week. I do try to be, I guess, especially going into good Friday. Like I try to think more about like, um, the reality of Christ dying for me. Mm -hmm. Like, like not just not for the forgiveness of my sins or whatever, but I, I guess the reality of like, what if that was me in that position? <laughs> yeah. Like that's what always kinds of hits me at this time. Like 
because I, I'm one of the people who like justice, <laughs> you know? So, so to think about like, like him having all of his God power and yet like willingly being abused. Like that to me is like, a, it, it, that always hits me this time of year. Yeah. And if you, I'm not saying anybody has to do this, but if you have watched, say, something like The Passion of the Christ or yeah. I really like the Bible series. It's 2013, so it's getting a little older now. But any depiction of Jesus, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, when he dies, sometimes, like you said, it's I'm almost like, oh, yeah, like the reality of it sinks in. And I'm like, I say this all the time. Jesus died for you, but like... Right, right. and that's and I, I guess yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. There's like... Like... It, I don't know how to say this. Like, I believe Jesus died for me, but it sometimes it's like a, f- like a like a like a fairy tale. Like a lot of times, it's more it's a concept. It, y- yes, yeah. Like the reality of someone actually being beaten, yeah, and then spit on, and their beard pulled. Like those things. Like sometimes they seem surreal. Yeah, you know. And, and, I, and I guess that's what I when it like this week when I think about um, and preparing for Easter lessons and all that and just thinking about the reality of like um, even because like even when we talked earlier about the um, before we were recording maybe a couple of days ago or weeks ago or something talking about Good Friday and the air about it. Yeah. And uh, and I had said like it being a more somber thing. And I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why I always look at Good Friday as being more of a somber thing because it's like the reality of like yeah, there's there's joy in the fact of the resurrection. Uh and excitement with that, but yet there's this moment where like he was abused in the way I never was and yet I get offended with some things that are stupid and little. Yes. And like, woe is me. Yeah. And yeah. and if I was put in that position and I had a way to get out of it, I would. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. You know, and that that just I don't know, it just seems real heavy on me this time of year where that's like such a reality of like um like when we talk about him dying for for us like he he actually died yeah. for us you know yeah no and i think that's the point of this time of year right that we remember it that uh, especially you and i are around this <laughs> we think about all the time and talk about so right. it's important to yeah not let it become too much of a something in the sky like, like i said like a fairy tale type yeah. thing like so like um like the passion with with uh the Mel, I know I know Mel Gibson isn't a <laughs> isn't held highly right now but but like just like watching that and w- watching the reality of that and how he really like really like suffered and I remember that some people were offended by some of the uh, I'll, I'll say gore about that and it, I mean and it was it was hard to watch but then like how that kind of drove it home that like yeah he really suffered. for my convenience uh, not convenience but do you know what i mean like like yeah. sometimes I, I like i think it's so bad when when people like i don't know change their change their drink cups instead of saying merry christmas it now says happy holidays and i think that's right horrible to the christian world and and to think that uh, you know christ really like 
was beaten and whipped to the point where he died. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I think of that. Right. Sometimes the things that you come to God for, you pray about, it just puts it in perspective. You're like, okay, I'm not suffering that badly. And and thankfully God has grace with us and compassion anyway. And he knows what we're dealing with. And he knows that I'm, Oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. And, he, and he's like, it's all right, man. Like he, <laughs> right, right. I don't in have my, to be in my little bubble. It is the end yeah, of the world. Yeah. But he's like, just bigger things. <laughs> yeah. We'll get through this. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, so. uh, no, so it is, it's a special time of year and, um, I love Easter Sunday and I knew I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I think I'm a, like a real pastor now. Like a few years back when, um, before Easter Sunday service, I like couldn't sleep. Like I kept waking up and everything. And I think I was literally just so, so excited about Easter and like people come to church and all this stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a real pastor now. <laughs> I'm so excited for Easter. <laughs> so uh, you're like, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that being said, you know, uh, really excited about this weekend and everything. Really quick, I will ask you. We don't have to spend a ton of time. Okay. Just really, really quick. Just a moment to nerd out. You did get to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League, right? I did. Really I quick, did. just in case. Yes. Uh, some people, I think, don't know what it is, which makes me so upset. Like, that I'm like, oh, I watched the Snyder Cut. People don't know. The, the Justice League came out. Justice League movie started being filmed by Snyder. I, I can't think of his first name. Zack right Snyder. Yeah. Zack Snyder. It's, it started to be filmed by him. <clears throat> and this was, what, two years ago? A couple years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, he started filming it, and then actually his daughter committed suicide. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And so he handed off the project to Joss Whedon. Yes. And Joss Whedon finished it and actually refilmed, I yeah. think, a bunch of it. Yeah. Which, and upon watching the Snyder Cut, makes sense now. How he retooled the theatrical cut. I'm like, I know it was choppy, but I'm like, oh, man, it actually makes so much sense now how he had to put it together yeah. as a result. So a lot of fans weren't happy with the Joss Whedon version of it. Yeah. And it almost became like this mythical thing of like, well, that's not what Zack Snyder had planned. Yeah. He had all this other... So it, it became where like fans started doing this outcry of like, we want to see this Zack Snyder version. Yeah, yeah. And so it became like the release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, release you know? the Snyder Cut, yeah. And lo and behold, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He came into the pressure. Yeah. And I'm glad he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he went and took the original scenes he had and... Um, from some of those original scenes and then film I think he filmed a couple more but minimal yes, a couple yeah. more or whatever and he same plot different scenes almost yeah. all of them are different scenes there's yeah. some that were the same but and though it's the same plot it kind of is a different movie it really is yeah I was yeah. surprised I was like I think it'll just be an extended version you know the scenes are longer and a little more background but it almost right the story is still the same but it's not the same. It, like right. it just, it's a lot better. Yeah. Right. It, it really, it really is like they included some things that really helped. And there were, they introduced another hero into it. You know yes, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't even in it, but was planned to be in it. And they hired the actor yes. to be in it. And then they cut him out completely. Yeah. And now he's back. So yeah, it, yeah, there was yeah. like, it was, 
it's four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's start there. It's four hours long. But there's nothing within that four hours I felt like, uh, why'd they include that? This was boring. Like, that, you know, that's I really, a good point. I yeah. really felt like, I really felt like, and the way he broke it up, like chapters or whatever or yeah. whatever. So you could watch it like each chapter if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was just going to be a longer version of the first one. And it, but I was literally at the end, I'm like, okay, let's do the next movie now. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt to you. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I was like, I'm a DC fan. I'm going to enjoy it. But I enjoyed the first Justice League only because I'm a DC fan. I knew the right. movie wasn't that good. Right. But right. I'm like, well, I'm just so happy it's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I'll probably just feel the same way about this one. But I'm like, oh, no, I really enjoyed it. And it sets itself up to be the start of the I know. cinematic universe that I think is close to being dead. Yeah. They're <laughs> saying it's pretty because all the different actors like are they're all in maybe land. That's what's annoying. Yeah. Ben yeah. Affleck's like, I'm done. But I'll come back for that Flashpoint movie like real quick if you need me. And I loved it, by the way, but like I'm also done. Henry Cavill was like, yeah, don't talk to me about Superman anymore. I think I'm done. And then when the Snyder Cut drama was going on, he's like, oh, hey, everybody. I, I kind of had fun being Superman. I can come back. Like, it's everyone's doing that. So. In fact, they have two Snyder Cuts now. Two. They have Justice League Snyder Cut, and then they have Justice League Snyder Cut Gray. Oh, And yes, it's all yeah. black and white. Just to be so, artistic. Yeah, just to... That's, that's, so, that's, that's the only reason. I'm like... I'm like... I, part of me really hopes that they continue. Yeah. And then part of me is like... Like, I don't want them to continue and and it not be good. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's so, true, yeah. I just... I, I don't know. I have these mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah. So, I heard somebody say that it really... You said the word mythical. It has become mythical, that the movie is bigger than itself. And that's what I was what afraid it represents. of. I was afraid with, like, this sense of, like, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. That I was going to watch it and be like, well, that was disappointing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it actually kind of wasn't. But it was... Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. So... So uh, I'm, I, I'm. It kind of made me psych again because, and there were some things in it that were a little weird, uh, like the fact that there was uh, one Green Lantern at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of like a little strange or whatever. But overall, um, overall, I really it liked it. It was very Zack Snyder. That I, <laughs> there was a review that said. 10% of the movie is in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not lying. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. Like, that's so much. And which, which is actually some of my favorite scenes is when, I'm sorry, when <laughs> Superman and Flash, like Superman comes back to life. Yes. And Flash is getting ready to run around and yes. come up and hit him. And you see Superman look, everything else is in slow-mo to, to get you to feel Flash being so fast. And then you see Superman's eyes turn. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, oh no! <laughs> that scene they kept it from both yeah, movies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad they did. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So that was our really super quick Snyder Cut review. But anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're glad that you've been with us on the podcast. It's been Pastor Matt and Pastor Todd, and we'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>